Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, great to be with you today, sir. Great to be with you also, Dwayne. This is just always good to just talk to you and chat. And I can't believe how quick time is going by, like we're a few weeks from the end of the year. Yeah, uh, Christmas is almost here. I can't, uh, I can't believe it. We got a week and a half left, and then we're we're closed. So um, it's, wow. uh, it's exciting. Yeah, I was going to say, exciting. are you excited? I am. I am. Uh, I'm ready for this break. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I've I've never. I mean, I'm always ready for breaks. You know, I'm excited about whatever it is that we're going to do as as a, as a family. But I, I'm I'm ready this time. Like yeah. even uh, stress wise, I'm ready. If that makes sense. It does, and it's interesting. You know, like when I first started my school, I, I kind of like set out my goals way ahead of time. Like I had a vision of what I wanted it to be. And of course, you know, the paths have changed here and there. And, you know, I was married and I got divorced and I had a kid and, you know, then I had, you know, multiple schools and I just got tired, you know, and now I look at it. Sometimes I look at everything in, um, in levels of tolerance, right? Like, you know, like my tolerance used to be so wide, like things could happen and, I'd, I'd let it just roll off my back. Now they seem to affect me a little bit more and more. Um, like you said, uh, we're busier than ever for whatever reason. It seems like we're always rushing to do the next thing and get it done to stay on top of the curve. If you think about it, 20 so years ago, there was no social media. There was no Facebook. There was no email, right? None of that stuff was playing a part of our lives where now we're multitasking in multimedia all over the world, you know, Twitter, you know, Instagram, Facebook, you know, all of that stuff. And uh, it just makes our lives that so much more busier. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really, really managing does. That right? is a, man, managing that is a, is a call in and of itself. But uh, I know yeah. today we wanted to talk about um, – uh, responsibility and responsibility starts with me. Uh, the buck, yeah. you, what, I don't even know who said it, but the buck's, buck stops with me or whatever it was called. Yeah. Uh, that type of thing. So, um, I, I, I wanted to go over a few things with regards to, um, responsibility and, and kind of talk back and forth. And, and, uh, I, I read a book, uh, years ago, West Point Way of Leadership. And I remember there was a story in there with regards to, um, you know, when he was, the, the author was going through West Point. And I don't know if it was him. I don't recall now if it was necessarily him that this happened to or it was uh, another soldier. But basically, you know, they had their, uh, and I wasn't in the military, so I'm going to screw this this uh, this stuff up when I say it. But, but understand it's the gist of the story, not the <laughs> exact terms that are right. 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 But anyways, they're, they're called up to their line. And, you know, they had to get their clothes on and everything, run up to the line, stand at attention and be, you know, examined. Well, one of the one of the soldiers was uh, was, I would say, late, not necessarily late, but late moving into line and actually uh, uh, scuffed the top of the boot of I think it was the author, but at least of another soldier. Well, he got shoot out that he had a scuff on his boot um, because that scuff is not supposed to be there. And, right. you know, the moral or the moral of it was, you know, it may not be your fault, but it's still your responsibility. And right. and I should probably go back and read that story because I use that analogy uh, quite a lot with, you know, in different situations with different students. But it's so applicable with us as owners as well, because, you know, crap happens and it's not necessarily our fault, but ultimately it is our responsibility. And when we do not, and I know we've talked a little bit about responsibility throughout 
many of our podcasts, but I, I thought that I wanted to do one that would specifically maybe hit home for some of us struggling with that because ultimately when it comes down to everything, uh, you know, lack of students, uh, lack of organization, lack of uh, uh, whatever, our stress levels, all of those things um, are our responsibility. And when we choose to blame and push the buck off onto somebody else, then um, we have actually lost the power to change those things because we're relying on that individual or those individuals to change it when it's our business and it's our responsibility uh, to move forward with that, if that makes sense. Oh, totally makes sense. And you know what? I think, um, I think, I, I, I want, let me rephrase that. I don't think, I know, I hate using that, I think, because it sounds like I'm not really sure. So I know that many times when business owners, it doesn't matter martial arts, school, a, a bagel place, or whatever, blames outside things for their outcome, they end up, they, they feel better about it. They're able to blame someone else, so it releases them from the very thing that we're talking about, responsibility, right? Oh, it's Dwayne's fault. He's my sensei, and he yells at me all the time, so I feel bad in class, so I'm not going to work hard, and I'm going to quit. You know, it's Dwayne's fault, sensei Dwayne. You know, not my fault because I can't handle it or because I didn't do what I was supposed to in class or I didn't practice hard enough or I was goofing off or all the, all the things that point inward. Can I tell you a really interesting story? I think I've spoken about this. Is We have a Kamidana, which is like a house, um, and it sits on a mantle, a shelf in our school, very traditional Buddhist Shinto kind of thing. And there's this little tiny mirror. It's about this big, and it's kind of made out of stainless steel. And for, when it sits in the air over years, it becomes very um, kind of uh, unclear, like shady. You can't, you know, so it's, it, you can't see in this little round mirror. So um, I hand it to my students quite often, and I say, just rub it once on your uniform and look at it. And we did this down the line of 20 people. One person looked, and it was still cloudy. And then by the time you got to the end, they looked, and it was perfectly clear. So the reason why that mirror is there is to polish ourselves every day, to clear the mirror, to shine the mirror, to shine ourselves and our, our responsibilities of who we are so that we could think and see clearly and I thought it was a great metaphor when it got to the last person in the line. I showed it to everyone. I said, how cloudy was yours? But look at his. The last guy is perfectly clear because all of us polished the mirror for him. But if we were polishing our own mirror every day, how much clearer would your business be, your family be, your life be, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, I'm not saying that um, we as school owners and, and even ones that are listening um, – don't have hard times or rough times or rough situations. But the question is, you know, uh, is it okay to have a pity party? Okay, maybe. Um, but then how long do you have a pity party? Because eventually it becomes your fault if you don't decide to move forward. I, I get it. You, you need money in order to make money. But there are there are things that you can do for free. That's where you're trading, you know, time for dollars as opposed right. to dollars for time. And in the beginning, you know, I know uh, I did. I traded a lot of uh, uh, time for dollars. And yeah. now I would say I'm in a better position to trade dollars for time. Right. Although uh, that time for dollars is still extremely important. So I don't want school owners to think that, you know, you, you hit a rough spot or hit a rough patch, you know, that 
you, you, that, that there's no hope for you because there is, but you need to be a little more, I think, we need to be calculated, meaning um, take an inventory of what's going on right now and try to dissect whatever problem or problems that are happening. And, and, and if there are um, responsible parties that are in the mix, then it's your responsibility to train them so that they can effectively do their job or you got to get rid of them. Right. Yeah, yeah. What you're saying is so very true. And what I what I kind of glean from what you just said too is that you know, listen, we we as owners of whatever business we own, whether it be a coffee shop, you know, a a martial arts school, a laundromat, you know, the buck stops with us. So like when when all is failing, who's going to fail? We will. We will let other people down when we have to let say um, you know uh, lay people off or or close the business down. But at the end of the day we're responsible for our own business. No one else will do that. I mean, we might have people who love us and might help us, but in the bottom line is we have to be responsible for our own business. And if we're not, inevitably it'll fail. Now, I find it interesting because martial arts is all about calculating the risk of what situation it is. Someone's in front of us, they're angry, they're going to throw a punch. I need to know X amount of moves, how to block a punch, how to retaliate, right? Yet with business owners, a lot of times they don't do that. They're not thinking steps ahead. I swear to you, I stay up at night. I've been doing this for 27 years. And I have many sleepless nights, not because I'm in a bad position, but because my mind races, like, when am I going to pay this bill? What's coming up in the future? What am I going to do here? Maybe the turnout's not as good as I want. And my brain in, in my sleep races. That's the mindset of an entrepreneur. I fear, though, a lot of entrepreneurs just sit back and do nothing. They wait around until it all hits the fan, and then they're in trouble, right? And this is important. We have to continuously be thinking ahead to protect ourselves, right? Or else we're, we're not protecting ourselves. We're setting ourselves right. up for failure. And that's important. Well, uh, uh, let, me, let me be transparent. All right. Years, for years, we've done great with our Karate for Christmas ads. Right. Um, and you know that. And uh, yeah. unbelievable, like 74 trials and 60-some-odd trials and all that. Right. My, my, my goal this year was to get 60. All right. right. <laughs> We we are we right now are at thirteen. I've okay. never ever I, I've never had such a horrible time uh getting these trials in. I don't know what it is. I have uh advertised like I normally advertise, meaning I've used Facebook ads, I've used the newspaper, uh emails, uh postings, and now even with Spark I did uh, a text to all my current clients with the information to share on their yeah. walls. And I had, I yeah. had some people sharing on their walls and those type of things. 13. And in fact, I had 12 up until our conversation this morning where I just found out that we had another individual come in. Uh, I was at right. the studio. I, I, you and I kind of were texting back and forth, Skyping back and yeah. forth. But um, I had another individual come in to the studio right after I left. And, and my instructor there said, uh, yeah, we just got another one. You know, so yeah. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Yeah. And I have to tell you, and, listen, it's funny. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish. Well, no, I, I just know something is wrong. Like, I don't know what I did or what I didn't do. Um, and I have to analyze that. But until I can 
fix it, and I won't have this next. I won't have that promotion until next year. So right. I won't know if I've actually fixed it until next year to a certain degree. But I know that there's going to be revenue come you know the beginning of the year from people that I don't have to sign up. So I'd right. like to make some immediate money so that I can save it for the beginning of the year um, right. because I had I had plans for that money, if that makes yeah. sense. So I don't no, know if you remember, totally does. But, but what I did, I, I, what was it, last week, a week ago, whatever it was, I, I, I uh, called you up and I said, hey, real quick, you got a, I got a question. And I said, I'm putting together a sparring camp. Um, what can I do for, you know, maybe some uh, add-ons to it that, that is a benefit to my student, but doesn't really necessarily cost me much more. And we, right. you know, bounce some ideas back and forth. Well, I, again, I came up with a sparring camp. I, I'm charging uh, 97 bucks for 14 classes. They're 14 half an hour classes for uh, this sparring camp. And it's two times a week. And, you know, I'm only accepting 24 people. Well, that's going to give me a little over $3,000, which will, I mean, that's, at what, like uh, at at one forty nine a month, that's going to be uh, twenty people for one month, right? If that right. makes sense. So yeah. I, I I saw that there was a problem. I haven't totally solved it yet, but I've come up with some sort of solution, or at least a temporary solution. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's not it, you know it's not revenue that's reoccurring. But I needed to solve that problem to the best of my ability at, at, uh, at the time is kind of what I'm getting at. And, and I've already yeah. sold uh, 12 of the 24 spots. Right. Well, that's why I think that, you know, as chess players, we're always thinking, move this piece. I like that it'll analogy. Draw, it'll, it'll, it'll draw out this piece, right? So that in the end of game, I'm looking to get that guy in checkmate, right? So we both start off with the same goal. We want to win the game by getting the other guy's pieces in checkmate, the king, right? So when we play chess, though, there are pawns that are meant to sacrifice. There are other pieces that are more valuable. And if you notice, as the pieces get more valuable, the ones have more position play. Like the queen can go anywhere she wants, as many places as she wants, right? Um, yet the king is limited to one space, right? Or else the king would be in check, and he'd just zip around the uh, the board, right? So when we look at our, our strategies within our business, we have to think a few layers ahead, and we have to think about how we're going to get to where we got to go. I tell my clients this all the time. It's not always about that martial art calculator. 100 students times $100 equals 10000 You want to make 20000 You don't necessarily have to have 200 students. You maybe just want to get 125, but you have certain upgrade programs, and you have certain things. So that's why very often I could take my clients and I could take them with a very small amount of increase in students per capita and, and increase their income. Like one of my clients, I, I literally, we, we double, actually tripled or almost quadrupled his income in four years, but only added on 25 or 30 new students. But there was a lot that went on, retail sales, you know, um, raising the prices, having an upgrade program, you know, doing other things and so on and so forth. Um, so how do we do that? And that's important. So, but it all lies back to our conversation is the responsibility of knowing, right? Knowing you knew, like you're like, hey, I'm, if you don't know your numbers, in January, you're going to be like, holy crow, I'm broke, or I don't have enough money to pay X, Y, and Z bill. But you knew because you didn't get X, you put another thing in place so that you could get the still end up with a good result or else you're, you're just doing bad business, right? Right. You know, so right. that's why – 
I think, though, a lot of times, I'm going to say this, and I hate to, I don't want to insult anybody that's listening, you know, but at the same time, though, it's like we need to understand that we have to be out there in our HIAs, high-income areas, right, and we have to focus on those things all the time. We can't get, and I'm learning this more and more, don't get sidetracked with, you know, a, a, a new book project or, a, a, you know, a fundraiser that's going to take up 40 of your hours when you haven't focused on your HIAs, your high-income areas, new students, existing students, upgrade of students, right, outside events, special events, right, those kind of things. There's two others that I call our, you know, pay-in-fulls, cash-outs, you know, things like that, but those are on the side. They're my last two favorite things to do. But it's always about focusing on what we have, right, and that's where we build from within. So that's that's my point when that comes to be responsibility. And Any thoughts on that? Um. Well, I do think you should be doing your highest paid activity, absolutely. Um, and that's that's something really difficult um, for a one woman or one man, or I should say one person, whatever, show. It's very difficult um, to do that. And that's why you quickly need to assemble a team that you can, um, you know, create systems and then delegate those things and check off how you're going to make sure that you inspect what you expect, that you know, what's going to get done. And then that goes back to when something is broken, we need, as the owners, we need to get in there and fix it and right. come up with whatever we think. So there's been things that have been broken in my business, and I will often go in and talk to the individual that is working it and see where the problem is and see if they might even have a better solution than myself. I was going to sneeze, sorry. Um, uh. Because when they're working it every single day, uh, they they have a tendency to be able to see sometimes a, a little bit more clearer than myself. And but not all. But 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 then sometimes I will say, yep, yeah, that that looks or that sounds really good. But we need to take this into consideration. And I can't remember the exact one, but I had one recently where one of my instructors was like, yeah, we should do this, this, and this. And I said, well, that's a temporary fix. And here's where I'm coming from. You're looking at it as this problem needs to be solved and fixed. And I agree, it should be. But here I'm looking at it. What is this? If we do it this way, how is that going to affect us for the next year, next year and a half, two years, five years right. down the road? Right. And he's like, oh, I didn't see it from that perspective. I was like, yeah. yeah. I said, so, you know, we when we solve those problems, we want to not only look at the here and now, but how does that here and now affect, you know, like what what, what the solution is going to be? How does that affect us? For years to come, and so right. it's our our uh, responsibility as leaders to um, to be able to do that, and that kind of goes back to what you said with regards to being two or three steps ahead. And we cannot right. expect our staff unless we train them. We cannot expect them to think those steps ahead. Now, if we train them to think about those steps ahead and they're not able to, then we may need to put them in, find a different position in your company for them, or they may not be right for your company. Right. Yeah, there's so much, so much truth to that. I mean, it's like, you know, again, that, you know, I look at personal responsibility as like well-being for health, right? 
Um, we worry about work only, but we don't take care of our health. We end up getting sick. We get fat. We get out of shape, right? So responsibility is, I think, the bi- – I, I, I don't think, I know, the, the most yeah. lacked – the lacked thing that I find adults have, right? You know, hey – Dwayne, I want to sign up my my kid. You know, he has ADD at your school, and he doesn't focus on anything. You know, I really need for you to help me. Okay, Mrs. Jones, sign him up. Okay, Dwayne, two months go by, you know, Mr. Brummett, um, he doesn't want to go anymore. He's bored. Well, no, duh, he, he has ADD. You told me that wa- that's why you wanted to teach him discipline and focus. Now you're telling me you don't want to continue on with the program. I- I'm so confused. Well, you know, we don't want to force him. You know, we don't, you know, so it's really weird, like, where people – it's convenience morality, convenience responsibility. Like I'm responsible. I'll come and help my dojo and clean up at my school and um, I'll do all those things, uh, you know, for my teacher when it's convenient. But when it's inconvenient, I'm too busy. Like I had two kids, young teenagers. I asked them the other day, hey, guys, can you take five minutes of your time Saturday afternoon, 11 o'clock, to help Sensei Devin, my student who has the program for the blind? Can you set this area up? Oh, I, I got to go. I, I got stuff to do. I'm like, dude, I'm asking you for five minutes. Get in there and do it. I'm not going to ask you now. Now go in there and do it. It's part of your job. And they weren't too happy, but at the end, I'm like, thank you. Oh, it's no problem, sir. Like, But at first, they didn't have any responsibility or loyalty to do it. I had to force it upon them, right? Sometimes people just don't care. They shrug, right? That saying, shrug their responsibilities all the time, especially yeah. as a business you know, owner. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. And so even with parents, I think that don't get it. It's more and more our responsibility to be really good at getting them to get it. You know, that's why this is called a martial arts program. Right. It is not a uh, martial arts activity mm-hmm. you know and that's where i i'm sure that i probably pissed some people off you know i remember our summer our summer thing where we did a uh, uh the the uh, the summer special and then we did an orientation and uh you know i got all these people in for the orientation and i just basically told them i said i just want you to understand that this is this is a martial arts program. It's not a martial arts activity. If you're here just for the summer for your kids to have an activity, um, you know, then great. But we're here to find out if this is the right martial arts program for your child because right. we know what's going to happen to your child year after year all the way up to black belt and beyond and the type of individual they can become through this program. Uh, they will not become that individual through this martial arts activity because it's not an activity. So, again, if you're here for a program, kudos to you. If you're here for an activity and and then you go, wow, this really is a program, then great. We want you here, too. But if you, at the end of the summer, still look at this as an activity, I know this sounds bad. And I said this I, verbatim. I said, I know this sounds bad to say, but we don't want you here. But thank you right. for trying it out. And I know yeah. that sounded bad, but it's like I, I am – to the point where it's like I, I'm not sugarcoating things anymore, um, and maybe that wasn't the best way to deliver it, but I was just like, oh, you know, let's let's yeah. cut through and move forward. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like we try as we are in the business long enough, right, or as we're martial art teachers long enough, we tend to get. Um, I was just talking to my friends about this this morning. Our tolerance level grows and gets less and less, and I say tolerance level. Um, mostly like, you know, like years ago, we'd have more patience to kind of nurture someone 
nowadays we're like, listen, you need to live up to some of your end of the bargain too. I can't do it all. Like I've had two kids in my program. Um, I've talked about them on calls before. Nightmares, kids. I mean, great kids. I love them as, as humans, but nightmares when it comes to cursing, spitting, yelling, scratching other kids, you know, all sorts of stuff. Multiple conversations throughout the year with the parents and the kids. And just recently they're like, yeah, um, we're going to, we're going to take a break. The kids want to do swimming. I'm like, if I would have known that's the type of parent you were, um, I would have gotten rid of you long ago. I didn't say that, but in my head, I'm going, I should have gotten rid of them long ago, but I put in the time, I put in the effort, but that's what happens. Hey, listen, I just had a quote about maybe uh, four days ago, oh, yesterday, actually, I'm sorry, I, com- I put it up. It says, commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. Yeah, I saw that. Right. And I think that that's a big one. I think that sometimes we forget that this is, uh, you know, this is what is going on in our life with people. Right. So I'm going to ask you a question. Share with me your thoughts on how do you break down responsibility? Like with maybe how would you teach it first as a teacher? And then also how do you instill it into your staff members? Oh, boy. Well, uh, hopefully by the time they're staff members, they already have it because I've never hired um, from outside up until this point, meaning every single individual that has worked for me um, as an instructor has always been a student first. Okay. So I've not had to overcome that obstacle. So how do I instill responsibility? Hopefully part of it is done, you know, from the parent. And then the second piece is I'm, I'm consistent out on the floor with what I expect, behavior-wise, attitude, all those things. And we give strikes when we have to give strikes. We sit down with a parent and student if they are not uh, doing what they're supposed to do. So meaning if we give a strike in a class, we'll say, you know, Johnny, that's one. And if you're if you, if, you know, and then if they do it again, we'll say now that's two. And if 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 you get a third strike, you're sitting along the wall. You're you're out. Yeah. And uh, if we get to that third strike and they're sitting out, then uh, we will have a meeting with the parent. Uh-huh. And so then the parent and I and and that student will sit down. We'll let them know what happened, how it can't happen again, that type of thing. And that's a that's a strike on their card. So we will take their time card and we will hole punch their time card. Right. And then if that or something else, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's a permanent strike against them at the studio, by the way. So it's so not like know. it stays there for, for, for 365 days and it drops off. No, that's a permanent strike. Really? So let me ask you this. How many people have you ever, I mean, I, I know that it's easy to say, um, you know, hey, we'll get three strikes and they're out. Yeah, so 11, 11. people you, you in your whole history that you had to say, you know what, this just doesn't seem to work for us, right? You know, and um, were there may- way more that maybe you, like, get away with stuff and then they turned around or they got a punch and they, a strike and then they turned around? I mean, how many more has it worked with uh, than, than not? Like, you know, so, like, for instance, I have parents all the time and I'll say to them, Mrs. Mrs. Smith, you have to have a full uniform on. Oh, I know, I know we do. Uh, you know, we it was just in his dad's car or it was in the laundry. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't say it's okay, right? So, you know, but I don't want them not to come. They said, well, it was either this or wearing a New York Giants shirt under their gi or no class. And then maybe sometimes I guess I have to say, well, then it's no class. Um, it's no class. But, it's, right. It's no class. Or 
for me, um, if they forget, so I have, uh, let me finish the other one first real quick. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah. So, um, uh, they get their first strike. I hole punch their card. They get a second strike. So meaning that we went through that whole process again out on the floor, strike one, strike two, strike three. They get a second strike. So I hole punch their card. If that happens again out on the floor, that's their third. I discontinue their training. And I've already told them that. I've already told them that, uh, in the first one. Right. In that right. First sit down meeting. They already know that. Yeah. Now I do have a clipboard that hangs on the wall. So if you, you're supposed to bring your sparring gear to class, every single class with your weapons and everything inside the bag, you have to have your uniform and belt as well. So if you don't have any of those pieces and, and your patches. So like if you have already earned a, uh, a kicking patch or a stance patch or whatever, right. and we give them an allotted amount of time. Um, you know, so if they don't have any piece of their uniform that they're supposed to have or gear, we write their name on this clipboard. And there's there there's a line, and then there's three or actually uh, four different spots. So their first one is just a warning. And then their second one, we write them down, and then we have a phone call with the parent. Okay. The third one, the third one is a, a we write write them down that they forgot whatever it was, and then we have a sit down with the parent and let them know, you know, hey, look, there's been three times in this curriculum cycle, in this three-month period, that Johnny has forgotten this, this, and this. If it happens a fourth time, Johnny will not test on this test that we have. Like right now, we're in this quarter, December, January, February. The test is in February, so let's just talk how we're right now. He will not test in February. And he will do his red belt all over again. And so, wow. and do we stick to that? Yes, we do. And hmm. are people unhappy about that? I'll tell you what, there's only been a few people that we've had to do that with because we're consistent with it. And the kids know based upon what they've seen with other kids, you know, again, it's few and far between right. that, that it occurs. And now I think again, it helps that we do the, we do the steps. We do the phone call. We do the sit-down meeting, you know, so yeah. that the parent actually knows that this is serious and, you know, we we are teaching responsibility. Yeah, and, and that's what I was just going to say. And, um, you know, what better place to do it than a martial arts school that people are coming to for, you know, I, I've had this before. I mean, I had a guy, he was a, a professional football player, and um, his daughter would show up all the time without the uniform, without this. And, and I quite often, sometimes the grandparents, does she have her uniform? And, uh, you know, three or four times, and, and one time she started to cry, and then the parents, you know, the next thing I know, this six-foot-two linebacker dad is in my lobby, arms crossed, like, I want my money back, you know, you made my daughter cry. I mean, they've been chasing after me for a year on Facebook and Google and on my Amazon and saying, he, he, who wants to buy a book from a guy who made my kid cry? And no, no responsibility. And this comes from a guy who was in a uniform his entire life, and that's how he made his living. I don't think at any point he was able to show up with a baseball uniform when he was a football player, right? But at the same time, he could care less that I had a uniform policy and that I had talked to them about it, right? And and it's funny because I gave him a book explaining it. Oh, I never read that. Well, that's not my fault. But at the same time, I'm the bad guy when I create responsibility and say, listen, but you know what? It is our business. It is our school. We have to have rules and regulations that, that the students live by or else it's not a martial arts school. It's a aftercare facility that teaches martial art ability. That's a good quote, right? 
Yeah. 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 You're not a martial arts school unless you're teaching rules because then you're an aftercare facility teaching martial art ability. Hey, Rick Kellerman, write that one down. That's another good quote for you on that. But, um, by the way, Rick wrote, we have, we only give one strike and I tell the kids, how many strikes do you get? And they say three. I say, nope, this isn't baseball. Um, let me expand that. And I've had tears and pleas and sorries, but I sit them down. I let them after 10 minutes and they fall back into step. It is so true, Judah. So, so you then will follow up and follow through. You've had some bad experiences, but very little compared to what good experience you've had being disciplined, right? And then that, that three strike rule works and you're focused on it. Yeah, it's more bookkeeping. Yeah, it's a lot more to hate, but it, it works because it teaches martial arts to the student. So that's incredible. Well, okay. And then let's fast forward into our, our uh, employees, right? So right. the same thing, the same thing follows, um, you know, uh, where you violate a policy in our handbook and you will get written up. And the first one is a verbal warning. Second one is a written warning. I mean, they're all written down. You know, right. But, but the, and the third one, you're discharged, you're fired. Right. Yeah, that's good. I'm not good at that. I, I have to be better at that. And I had, I'm bad when it comes to firing people. I, I let people get away with murder for a long period of time. You and I have had conversations on that before. I inevitably know, you know, like I had a program manager for a year um, that I just couldn't get rid of because they were a nice person, you know. But at the same time, it didn't help my business. It didn't help the growth of my business. It didn't help anything other than drain my bank account. And uh, that person hasn't been with me for like three months, and I haven't even filled the position like gotten anyone to work in that position, and I don't even notice that they're gone. <laughs> they, they never used to communicate with me, talk to me, get back to me, respond to me, do what I asked them to do, yet I allowed it to go on. So as a, as a coach and a consultant, I'm bad when it comes to that. Um, but at the same time, I get it. I understand it. And you're right. You have to have that three-strike policy, and that's it. I just laid down the hammer yesterday with one of my employees and said, listen, I, I, this is it. You, you're not ever to do that again, period. Understand? Yes, sir. That, so that's it. I've laid down the hammer because I'm not going to let it go on in any way, shape, or form because then they, you know, give them an inch, they take a yard, right, or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, I had a uh, a, a meeting, and I I actually recorded it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I, I thought, you know what, if I ever want to use this or let this out. Um, but I, I had a meeting, and I told my staff that, um, you know, I think that some people misconstrue my ability to have patience and long suffering as a weakness. Right. And but, but my hope is that that people get it. And right. I said, I don't want you guys as employees to think um, or students because they're all students as well to to misconstrue it that way. And I, I came from the uh, standpoint about parents, you know, parents thinking that I, I may or may not be uh, a um, tough enough because of the way that I go about things. I This is talking about myself. I believe I have an ability to be able to uh, communicate what needs to be communicated in a way that, people should be able to pick it up but not have to be a jerk about it if that makes right. sense. Yeah. 
and 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 hope that they get it. Uh, now I know that there's some people that that doesn't work with, and you have to just sit down and lay it on the line. But I think that sometimes you can you can do it in a way that that's happening. And so you know, I told my staff that I just don't want you to 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 take that as 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 a weakness. And lo and behold, I don't. I'm trying to remember if this happened prior to or after, but I think it happened after. After I had to write up one of my um, one of my lead people. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't pleasant. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy those things. You know? Right. Did it break my Did it break my heart? Yeah, it did. Um, but I, I I am responsible for what happens inside of my establishment. I am responsible for everybody there, whether I'm yeah. there or not. I'm responsible. Yeah. And so yeah. if I don't follow my own rules, um, then who will? And right. and Let's take it to another level. For us as business owners, the rules that we create for our uh, staff and our students and all those type of things, we ourselves need to make sure that we are holding ourselves accountable to those as well. Yeah. So true, dude. I mean, you're right. Like, I, I, I think it all – what's that old saying? The fish stinks from the head down, whatever it is, you know, leadership down, right? Um, you know, so we have to live, we have to walk the walk and talk the talk. However, if we, if we don't actually walk the walk because we're owners and we have other people walking it for us, we have to at minimum at least make sure that we're training them and staying on top of them, right? We have a certain standard that we believe in and they have to hit those numbers. They have to hit that quota. They have to be on the phone X amount of calls. Like I just took my team out yesterday. We had a meeting. And I said, let's go out in the parking lot. It was cold out. And I said, let's just look around. I say, do you guys see garbage anywhere? And they're like, oh, yeah, there's some garbage over there and over there. I'm like, why wasn't it picked up? And I'm like, I pick it up when I walk in. I said, from now on, I used to say you have to have owner's eyes. I don't think that they'll have owner's eyes because they're not owners. So I said, now you have to understand that every day when you start your day, you do a parking lot walk. And you pick up whatever garbage is there because the garbage represents what we are. When people walk in and they see it dirty, they'll feel like, hey, our business is not maintained. So from the outside in, it affects all of us, right? So I said, if the right. place looks sloppy and they come in and they're, and they're disgusted by the appearance, they're not going to sign up. So the people don't get commissions. We don't get new students. We don't – I'm not able to make payroll. So I had to make it important. Um, to uh, by the way, your cup says "world best boss." <laughs> I, I did not buy this for myself, by the way. One yeah. of my staff yeah. members bought it for me. So there you go. So, um, but uh, but we have to set those standards that people will follow, and they have to become rules, functions within their responsibility. Because the minute we give them that openness, like, hey, come on in and do what you want for two hours, they're going to be on Facebook looking. I had an employee, that same employee I complained about the last time, just a few minutes ago. I walked up to the desk, and it was the middle of a busy lobby. I mean, there's people everywhere. And she's – I shouldn't say she because I don't want to give away who it was, but the, the person is watching cat videos on YouTube. And I lean over. I'm like, oh, what you doing? Oh, I'm watching cat videos. I said, do you think this is a good thing? You're being paid right now to make phone calls and talk to the parent. Oh, why? I can't watch cat videos? That, that's what they said to me. And I'm like, at that point, I'm like, time is it's over at this point. I can't understand how the person would even do that, let alone, you know, say it's okay after being found doing it, 
not realizing that it's a bad thing. You know what I mean? And that's where we have to understand. We have to look for those red flags. Right? You know, it's like dating the first time you have a sleepover with the person you're dating. If they're in the kitchen sharpening a knife while looking at you, you might you might say, hey, that's a red flag. You don't just go to sleep and not worry about it, right? You wonder, like, why are they doing that, right? We have to start picking up on the red flags, right? So give us a few more tips on responsibility. What do you believe it to be? Let's just say from um, a business owner, what are some functions that they should be on a daily basis responsible for within their business? Like, what do you think? Like, hey, you're a school owner. You absolutely have to be doing these five things or else you're, you're a loser. Well, you definitely have to be marketing your business every day. You have okay, to be doing so, one thing every single day to market your business. So how – give me five quick marketing ideas, $0 or very little dollar marketing ideas that people could be doing to grow their school. What would you do if you were just opening now, knowing what you know now, opening a brand new school from scratch, what would you do first with very minimal budget, if no budget at all? Well, I definitely would uh, be doing posting on Facebook and try to get friends to, or, you know, people onto my, my uh, business page actively, uh, actively doing that. Um, I, again, I would have more time than money. So I, I, I would, uh, you know, this was from you, but I would be trolling, uh, Facebook like like you do, you know, with regards to somebody liking a picture that isn't in my funnel or any of my funnels and following up with them. Right. That, that, troll, that, that's... Trolling social media is a big one, right? And, and what do yeah. we mean by that? Explain that a little just so people get it so that... Yeah, so you post a picture or whatever, some sort of video or whatever, and then somebody likes it. Um, and then you go to see, you know, you got 10 people that liked it. You go through there and you see that there's two out of the 10 that, you know, don't know you or you don't really know and they don't, you don't have in your system or whatever. You would, uh, you know, just message them and say, hey, I see that you liked XYZ picture. I don't know if martial arts or karate has been something you thought about for your child or ninjutsu in your case, right? Right, right. You know, right. it's something that you thought about for yourself or a family member, but if you're interested, we have this offer. You know, and then just nonchalant, and then don't bother them. I mean, you just leave right. it out there. It's not somebody that's giving you the information, so you can't keep bothering them. Right, um, right. So I definitely would do that. I definitely would try to get into uh, daycares and school systems and those type of things and do, uh, whether it's a free training or some sort of day camp or something like that for them to, to you know, get that information. I would continue to do the martial arts field trips that we do. I would get in contact with schools and let them know that we have a uh, – you know, a free martial arts field trip that their 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 kids could come in and, and take advantage of and learn character development lessons, those type of things. So, yeah. Also, adding into to daycares and schools, gyms like you know, yeah. fitness gyms, Gold's Gym, personal training gyms. Get let that go in there and teach an hour class once a month and have a group of people come to it. That's just another way to fill the bucket and maybe even make some income, by the way, too. So, okay, cool. So then, so what else? Do you do any hard kind of like, do you have VIP passes printed? Do you do rack hard stuff? What what else do you do in regards to that very small amount of investment and you get the name out there? Do you do those things? Yeah, so, I mean, we strategically do this where after you've been in the program for uh, two weeks, officially been in the program for two weeks, you get a letter in the mail, you know, and uh, it's it's crafted in such a way that, you know, and I give them three VIP passes to ask them to hand out type thing. So uh, we do that strategically with, ev st strategically with every single person. The other thing, too, is when you get an info call, um, you know, you, you need to be asking them to bring a family member or a friend alongside with, with them doing the trial and give them whatever 
that trial is, give, extend that to that individual as well. So that's nothing that costs you any extra money. You, out of 10 people, you might get one that says, oh, yeah, I can bring Johnny or Joey's cousin or whatever type thing yeah. or Joey's best friend. Um, but but if you think about that in the long term, just just say your ratio is 10 to 1. Out of 100 new people, you got 10 new people. You know, so uh, it's that's important to do too. That's right. Here's a good thing, though. Um, I call that the info multiplier call, right? So, hey, uh, Mr. Brummett, so you're going to come in with your son. If Do you have a friend that possibly might like to do it? And, by the way, if you bring them in with you and they join and you join, I'll give you a month for free for bringing your friend in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me, and you got to sweeten the pot, right? So we turn every potential lead into a secondary person. It's almost like when we sell a uniform to someone, we always say, hey, if you want to buy a second uniform now, it's 30% off. Um, so you don't have to wash them as much, clean them as much, and so on. So that's another way of just – people, when they're ready to buy something, they go for 30% off. Yeah, let me do that right now. Like, you know, I have, Well, and that's I have some... so true. That's so true. I mean, how many things in the line have you bought, you know, the, 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 the you know, 74 or the $47 product, and then right after you bought it, they said, hey, and, you know, yeah, you can get the videos along with it. And so it's just right. – you know, 20 more bucks for the videos. And then now you get this too. So by the time you're done spending, you know, 127 bucks as opposed to you're just $47. Right. What about other, do you work at all with like in being, being a very religious man and going to church? Do you ever work with churches? Like you go in and do seminars or offer the synagogue or church or the, you know, the, the whatever diocese that you're within, you know, do you ever offer them uh, a discount for all the members or do you ever go and do events and stuff like that there? Um, I, I have done some things like that. I, I don't necessarily uh, give discounts for memberships, but I have gone in and done free things for different events and stuff at different churches. Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking like, you know, they, all the churches usually have a Sunday newsletter. When they go to church, they have a newsletter. Maybe you could advertise in that or maybe do a free self-defense or bully-proofing seminar. I think when we have no money, um, we market more efficiently because we're looking for groups and people and like-minded affiliates that we could go and reach out to, talk to, and work with, which are more likely to refer and get the word out there. Then we, we become a little bit more successful when we have money. Now we start boosting Facebook ads. We start throwing an ad in the local paper. We take out a, you know, an ad for whatever. Um, but those things don't always work. I have to tell you, like, there's a great thing called an algorithm within, within like Facebook and Instagram where, um, even Google AdWords, where they're able to look at certain ads and they determine within their algorithm whether that ad is doable, workable, usable and which will make them more money doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make you more money. It means that they're going to drive clicks to that ad so you pay for it. But that ad might, might, might not be the best ad for you if you have like three or four ads, right? Maybe you have a kid, a teen, a, a, a tween, an adult. Um, they might pump your little kid ad because they know they're going to get more clicks, but you might want to advertise your adult ad and zero is getting out to the public, right? So we have to be very careful where where we lay our eggs in the social media basket. We have to be super careful that we don't waste so much time talking to people where there's only like a, the same 60 people or 100 people in your list listening. They heard it all before, yeah. they're not, right? So we have to think of more things to really get going. Um, so, all right, so, so you mentioned real quick, Facebook posts, trolling the social media clicks and likes and links, school daycares and gyms, I added the gym part in there, martial art field trips, which you do well on. You said letter, VIP passes and things that you give out to the clients after the two-week mark. 
Um, and then uh, the info multiplier call. Whenever someone calls, ask them if they have a friend. Do you do anything else like hardwire? Um, do you do referral contests and things of that nature where you do like certain pushes throughout the year, buddy weeks, whatever, things like that? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not good on that. I, you know, I, I'm not implemented, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bad example on that. I'd like to be able to say, yeah, I, I do. I know this time of year, you know, we are, uh, next week we're handing out some free passes for Christmas that each one of our, the, the gift certificates and stuff for our own clients. So they're going to get two one month gift certificates in a nice little envelope and, and that type of thing. So they can give those out. Okay. All right. Great. I mean, if we're so, talking this time of year. So a holiday pass to the existing students to give to their friends is what what you yeah. mean? Okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. What about um, what about other events? Like I remember when I first started, every year, twice a year, sometimes three times a year, I would do a parent show. I'd invite everyone in the dojo and all the kids, every rank, whoever showed up in the school would perform. I haven't done this in quite some time. And then um, they would invite their family and friends and neighbors, and then I'd pr promote it to the general public, make a flyer, hand it out within the community, ninjutsu demonstration, come free, come on in, you know, that kind of thing. And I'd always get like one, two, three people, a brother, a sister, an uncle, a, a neighbor um, to come in and really do some, you know, come in and join the school. So I think sometimes I, I have to say, again, I want to kick myself for keep saying I think um, but I know that sometimes we get lazy. We think we're doing stuff, but we're really not doing all that we could be doing, right? And I think I, I know that that's the important thing to do. I just saw, for instance, Mark Wahlberg, famous movie star worth hundreds of millions of dollars, produces, directs, everything. He has a movie career, and he just opened a car dealership. And they said, why did you open up a car dealership in Ohio somewhere? He's like, because I like cars, and I like making money, he said. So he's always constantly – he uses his network. He goes to – his Wahlburger restaurants, his movies to promote his businesses. So what he's using everything at his, every resource he has at his hands to market his school. Why don't we do that? And I think maybe it'd be worth taking a list and going, who is a resource in my life? Who could I reach out to? Do I have a student that owns a multimedia company? Is he a Facebook celebrity? Can he throw some words out there? Can I ask my students to refer my school by Here's a good idea, making an internet pass that says two weeks free and giving it to your students and asking them to put it on their social media and share it. So, so yeah, so there's a lot of really good things that we could do. Yeah, agreed. But it ultimately comes down, it's our responsibility to, 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 to take action. I, I think it was maybe even David Nemeroth in the beginning of our call said something with regards to uh, – you know, complacency. I think he said that, you know, we, we have a tendency to uh, get complacent and, right. um, and, you know, that's why we're not taking responsibilities because we're being complacent. So, right. Um, I, I like what Zig Ziglar used to say, he used to say, you know, uh, happy, but not satisfied. And I think that's a right. good place to be in our businesses. We need to be happy, but not satisfied, meaning that there's always something else that can be, um, you know, worked on to make it a little bit more efficient or a little bit better. Um, I was, I went over to my mom's house last weekend to help her hang up some Christmas things. And, um, in her downstairs, we put, uh, uh, these hanging snowflakes. They're, you know, the, the plastic snowflake type things. Yeah. And then she has these, uh, different ornaments up towards the front that she wants hung, but she doesn't, we can't push pin them into the ceiling because she has a drop ceiling. 
because they're right. heavier, and so we've, we've, we've got to put the drop ceiling up and put the fish wire in and try to drop the ah. drop ceiling. And I said, I said, why don't we come up with something that, you know, maybe we, we do some sort of hook thing that we can actually put it in there, and it hooks every single time. So every single year, you don't have to go through trying to, you know, balance this and do this. And, yeah. and she's like, yeah, you know, I just had never taken the time to do it. And I'm like, well, well, let's, we're, cause it was, it was aggravating me. So I'm well, like, they, no, we're taking, just, just, we're, just so you know, they have them. They're called drop ceiling hooks and you could go online and get them. I just pulled them up for you. They have them okay. at all the different supplies. And it's, it, you're right. Cause you need, you got to hang it and it falls out. And if it's a paper clip, we've done it all. Like, you know, so those drop ceiling hooks are amazing. So take a look at them when you get a chance and, uh, they could either be taken out or you just leave them there all year long. But the problem, see, the whole thing was with regards to this is I saw a problem and I analyzed the situation and then I thought about how is this going to affect the future. Um, so every single year she wants, and she does, she hangs it up every single year. And so that's the same question we need to continually ask ourselves is when we have a problem, you know, how can I solve this problem and have a, a uh, long-term vision when we solve that problem as well, because we don't want to just initially solve it. We want to solve it in the future. So if you have a training issue, right, somebody you see consistently that your program director is not getting X, Y, Z, and you've had multiple program directors or whatever, it's, it's probably a deficiency in one or two areas. One, the way that you're training the individual um, or lack thereof, or two, uh, it's you that you don't know how to pick the right people. So, you know, either way, the problem needs to be. You're right, though. And isn't that our responsibility? It always falls on us, right? And, it and does. I tend to, you know, we could always say, oh, that that employee, my my thing, oh, that employee, they didn't do their job right. They're they're bad. They're Well, it's my responsibility if I don't fire them and hire someone else and put them in the right position and stay on top of them. It's my responsibility. It's always going to be my issue, right? So, um, yeah, it always the buck stops with us. And it also, the buck only ends up in our pocket if we stick to doing the right things and doing it all the time. So you're, you're so right. And yeah, you know what? I say that same thing to our parents, you know, at the studio. And, you know, they, they, they're complaining about their child that they have to, you know, do this over and that over and they're just not getting it or whatever it is. And I say, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to train a child. Yeah. You know, but that's what we're there for is, you know, meaning as a parent, we're there to repeat ourselves over and over again. Now, yeah. as a martial arts instructor, if you let me know what's going on, you know, one, I can make it part of the 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 word of the week, if you will, or the monthly right. chat Matt, or whatever. Yeah. I can, I can, yeah, Matt chat. I can I can integrate some of those things. But I also can sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one with them and say, hey, what's going on? I understand that, that you know, you guys are struggling in this area. I remember I, remember I had a, a parent one time saying to me that, you know, her son is selfish and all this and that, and he's just not pulling his fair share and all this. And I said, well, let's sit down. Let's have a meeting. You know, and I we came up with the fact that, one, you do know that you guys, like I told the kid, you do know that you guys are partners in this business, right? And he's like, well, what are you talking about? This This is a family business. I said, do you guys have a family motto? They're like, no. I said, you need to come up with a family motto. I said, this is a, yeah. this is a unified family, and you guys need to have uh, a motto that you guys stand for. Right. And then everything falls underneath that. And then yeah. so we, I, I said, so I want you to create a motto, 
and then I want let's have another meeting, come on back. And then from that, let's, you know, kind of, and so it was really neat to have them work together, come up with this motto, and then start understanding that, you know, how, what their roles are inside of these things. Yeah, I'm a kid, but I have a, I have a responsibility inside of here, and here's my responsibility. And yeah, does it suck sometimes? Yeah, it does suck. But my family depends on me because I'm a part of this, this team, this, you know, so it was interesting to come from that perspective, but they had never thought of that. Um, Right. But sometimes it's our responsibility to think outside the box for our, for our, uh, our parents. And we've done it for X number of hundreds of thousands of, of parents over the years. And so we have, we have a different perspective sometimes than they do because they're, they're trying to read the medicine or they're trying to read the prescription on the medicine bottle while they're still on the inside. But we've done yeah. it for so many other people. We're on the outside of the medicine bottle. We can actually see what the prescription says. So it's our responsibility yeah. to do that. It's funny because, you know, that, isn't that interesting? It's, I just had a guy doing – one of my, my students who's a handyman. He's doing, trying to find a leak in my sliding glass doors. So he opened it all up. He goes, oh, there's definitely a leak, you know, and I just – I just you know, today, whatever was it, uh, yesterday, Tuesday, he goes, okay, now I just got to wait for the next rainy day. It's supposed to rain on Saturday, and then we can see the leak. I'm like, how about we get a bucket and fill it with water and keep pouring it on until you see where the leak is? Oh, that'll work, too. I go, yeah, but, you know, if you're not thinking that way about getting it done now and finding the leak now, it's going to take you a week. You know, so not thinking strategically. I I find that, like, for me, boom, right away I thought about it. For others, they would be like, okay, I'll see you on Saturday. So um, it's interesting at how sometimes people's brains work a certain way. It's called the OODA loop in, in the military, observe, orientate, decide, and act, right? It's knowing what you're doing, seeing it, deciding on an action, but then actually acting on it, right? And it's something that a lot of people don't have in their capabilities. So I think that that's interesting. Um, but anyway, I mean, we've been, we're about ready to end. Do you have any closing statements? It was a great call. I, I love all your insight. Um, yeah, I just, you know, want to hit home that it's our responsibility to take action. Uh, there's a few books that I would recommend. One is West Point Way of Leadership uh, would be a great book. Uh, the other one, which I had told you about prior to the call, um, my uh, head instructor just gave me this book, um, uh, it is uh, extreme ownership. How the Navy, how the U.S. Navy SEAL lead and 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 win. Um, and I, I told you that uh, he, he had read it, and then my my uh, other master instructor had read it already. So they, you know, he the, my head instructor wanted to give it to me, and I've I've already finished you know, a great portion about it. And I was like, you know what, this would be a good topic to talk about for school owners because sometimes we uh, we have a tendency to to gripe and complain. We all do, and push the buck, and really, ultimately, ultimately, it's our responsibility. And what's neat about this book is it's divided up into three different ways, meaning that you know they tell a story, and then they they teach the lesson, and then a practical application on how to apply it. Um, oh, so good. It's, it's 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 really neat. It's teachable too, right? I guess you could utilize that in your classes and use that lesson because it shows you what they're trying to get across. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that would be my final thought is, and then, you know, if you're searching for uh, leadership, I do like two other, other books that I would recommend even courses too, but uh, John Maxwell's, uh, what is it? The 17 irrefutable laws of leadership, I think is what it's called. And then he's got another one called, uh, I think it's the 23 irrefutable laws of teamwork. Um, But both, both are by John Maxwell and, and both of those are really good too. 
Awesome. Very, very cool. All right. Well, great, Dwayne. Thank you so much. And all the listeners could listen and listen in on this at a later date. Like if you tuned in and tuned out, I hope that you'll come back to it. Um, you can't share this video. I would say share it, but you can't because it's in a closed group. So you can only share it amongst people who are in that closed group. Um, however, uh, you can listen to this on iTunes, right? You could become a member of iTunes or, uh, you know, come on and join our podcast on iTunes, School Owner Talk, right? It's called. And um, you will yep. get notified when it, yeah when you, you'll get notified when new podcasts come out. This was our 195th podcast, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. So we, will we be doing one one more before the holidays and taking like a two or three week break and then coming back? So um, so next week we'll yeah. do one and then we're on break. Yep. Next week we'll do one and then we'll we'll close out. So if, uh, we haven't come up with a topic for the the final week. So if you guys are interested, you're more than welcome to shoot us. Uh, uh, a message on messenger or email us and uh you know and and let us or know po- what to, or post it right on right on this facebook post right here type it into the comments section um say topic ideas things you want to hear things you're interested in learning about whatever we can do to help you and and so on and so forth we'd love to have your input yeah and i i was going to say you said 195th this is our 195th um free podcast i mean it's a it's a podcast advertising free thing like we're not promoting uh stuff on it it's all material you know and that's what i like best about it um you know so anyways yeah i'm i'm yeah looking forward to next year awesome me too dude you have a great day we'll talk during the week and have an amazing day everybody who's listening or night whenever you heard this and we'll talk to you next time